stand close to them and <laughs> make them feel uncomfortable. Hi, you're listening to the Survival Guides podcast by ArrivalGuides.com. It's a podcast created to help you find your footing in foreign lands with insights, tips and tricks from those who had to learn them the hard way. In this episode, we'll introduce you to the country we at Arrival Guides call home, or, well, second home in some cases, Sweden. We'll start off with a few little-known facts about Sweden that we guarantee will leave you saying, no way, and then we'll hear from someone who managed to actually officially become a Swede, and he got one of those extra royal passports with not one, not two, or even three, but four crowns on the cover. And it just so happens to be one of the top three in the world, ranked by power, that is, ease of access to foreign countries. And then we'll finish off with our favorite segment of survival tips, where we'll give you a run-through of things that will make it so much easier for you to navigate the cultural waters on your Swedish adventure. So, let's jump right in with a few fun facts about Sweden so that you're well prepared in case you're ever at a Sweden-themed trivia night or maybe really scraping the bottom of the barrel at an office party. Fact number one. Did you know that Sweden is the country with the largest number of islands in the world? There are nearly 220,000 of them, compared to only 7,000 for an island nation like the Philippines, for example. Another fascinating fact. North Korea owes Sweden 2.7 billion crowns. That's roughly 260 million euros. So apparently, the North Koreans placed an order for 1,000 Volvo cars in the mid-70s. But someone <coughs> came also <coughs> appears to have forgotten to pick up the tab. So Sweden is still waiting for those invoices to be paid 40 years later. Fact number three. Sweden is so efficient at recycling that the country is forced to import garbage from neighboring countries to keep their incineration centers going and keep producing electricity for those Swedish homes. The numbers go as high up as 2 million tons of waste per year that Sweden has to import. Number four. For a full year, the country of Sweden had an official phone number. Whoever dialed it would be connected to a random Swede and have a go at making conversation with a random representative of one of the world's most notoriously unsociable nations. Unfortunately, the number was shut down before we could try and make a live call, but we'll be the first in line if it ever does reopen. And our last fact for today. Sweden has a ridiculously long paid parental leave, 480 days, to be split between the parents. Both parents usually participate in child rearing in equal measure, and men with prems out in the street are just as common in the sight as women. So, as promised, we have a very special guest on our show today. Hi, Paul. Hi. Uh, we're going to pick your brain a little bit about um, your move over here to Sweden and um, how that whole process has been for you and how maybe it has changed you and what tips you can give us as outsiders who would like to fit in potentially into the Swedish society since you ultimately managed to do so. Um, so Paul, uh, what made you make that fateful decision to leave London and make the move over to Sweden? Um, of course the weather. It's so similar. <laughs> <laughs> With the rain, everyone says it's always the same. Um, no, but I think like most expats, it's either for work or it's um, for love. So my one was actually for love. And we've been together for over eight years. Would you say that uh, you have changed at all since you moved to Sweden? Have you picked up any new habits? Have you dropped any old ones? 
Yeah, I think um, they have this uh, cultural difference here where it's a little bit strange to just talk to people on the street. Like I know back home in the UK, we're quite friendly. So when you're at the bus stop with someone, you could easily start a conversation. Here, I think if you've done that, they would look at you a little bit strange. Um, and I think different habits. Uh, my language has definitely changed the way I use my English. Um, a few Swedish words always crop up and I pop them in there when they really shouldn't be. Do you have any favorite Swedish words that kind of maybe sound funny or? I think the best word, and I'm sure a lot of people out there would agree with me, is fika, <laughs> just because it includes cake. <laughs> um, I'm sure everyone loves sugar just as much as I do. It's true. Well, I certainly do. Tell us a bit about how um, you got your citizenship, because recently you became a Swede, so congratulations on that. Uh, and uh, what was that like? Uh, it was really good, actually. I, of course, be still being an EU citizen until Brexit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had to live here for five years. I've actually been here for seven years now. Um, but this summer I got my citizenship, like you said. Um, so I applied for my citizenship, sent away my passport, um, and I was one of the lucky ones. I know a lot of people find it hard here to get the citizenship, but um, mine come back within just a short space of time. And then actually here in Gothenburg, the local commune, which is like the local governing body, they actually invite you along to a ceremony and it's held on Sweden's National Day. Uh, which is the beginning of June. So you go along and they have a big show there. They give you a goodie bag full of free stuff. I love a freebie. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. So free tickets just to bring you into the Swedish culture. And I think that's a really good way to involve people and uh, for people to actually uh, see different cultures here in Sweden. It's very easy as an expat and a foreign person to stick with people from your home countries. And our last question for today. Can you give any tips to us outsiders who want to fit in uh, with the Swedes, who want to just blend in seamlessly into Swedish society? Make sure your winter jacket's a dark color so you don't stand out on the tram. Um, this whole thing in supermarkets, make sure you take the number so you can get in the queue, but they don't queue at trams either, so it's okay just to push on. And then, yeah, I think it's more that you just have to be an expert on building IKEA furniture. I think that's the number one survival guide here in Sweden. All right. Uh, what about uh, social life in Sweden? Um, is there any way to get closer to break through the ice cold facade of the Swedes? I would just say stand close to them. <laughs> Make them feel uncomfortable. No, um, I think it's just to be very open and, of course, enjoy Melody Festival, and which is Eurovision to everyone else because they absolutely love it here. All right, thank you so much, Paul. We have now arrived at the much-awaited segment of survival tips. A few things to know before you arrive in Sweden to make your journey go as smooth as possible. Tip number one, don't bring cash. Sweden is on its way to becoming mostly cashless. For example, my current bank is a cashless bank, if you can believe that, and I still have trouble wrapping my mind around the concept. In many cases, you can be turned away if cash is the only means of payment that you have. I can remember a couple of instances when I noticed the no cash sign a little bit too late, having already placed an order, and I had to awkwardly back out or scramble and ask companions to lend me their e-money. One small tip though is to always have a 5 or 10 crown coin on you, as these are still used for public bathrooms. Number two. If you're planning on having drinks, be warned that all alcoholic drinks stronger than 3.5% are only sold at specialized government-regulated shops called Systembolaget. 
These mostly work until 6 or tops 7 p.m. and are either closed entirely at the weekend or only work half day on Saturdays. It's good to know if you're not desperate enough to try and get drunk on 3% supermarket cider. We've tried and we really wouldn't recommend it further. Number three, beware of the moose. Moose is Sweden's national animal and mascot, and although it may look poised and harmless in pictures, don't be fooled. Every now and then a story of moose attack surfaces in Swedish media, such as, for example, a recent one, where a woman walking her dog was brutally attacked by a moose, or one from a few years back, when a man was falsely accused of murdering his own wife, while it turned out later on in the investigation that a moose was responsible. Moose isn't always quite this violent, though, and sometimes they like to just be friendly and walk into a bus station waiting hall and say hi, as it happened a few weeks ago in Parktinen next to Gothenburg. Check the show notes for links to articles talking about those occurrences. Tip number four, do not use snooze. If you're wondering what those tiny tea bags that Swedes rub into their gums are, it's snooze, or wet snuff tobacco. As of today, it's banned in all EU countries, apart from Sweden, of course. And, well, good for them, if you ask me. Both times I tried snooze, I regretted it dearly within the first few minutes, somewhere between the severely dehydrated feeling and vertigo, just before the nausea. Survival tip number five, never take the last piece of cake. It's an unspoken rule of Swedish coffee break, known as fika, to under no circumstances take the last piece of whatever treat is being consumed. Taking the last piece is a rookie mistake, It immediately gives you away as an outsider, making any hope of you ever becoming one of the locals vanish into thin air. Number six, and this one ties in with what Paul shared with us earlier on, prepare to queue. Some of the most unexpected places in Sweden have an electronic queuing system, which requires everyone to press a button and be assigned their number in line before they can buy, say, a transportation card or even a pack of gum in the convenience store in some cases. Whenever you enter a place where multiple people are waiting for a specific service, look around for the electronic queuing machine, press the button, and wait for the receipt with your number in line to come out. And lucky number seven, watch your word stresses and pronunciation. Sometimes the difference between a curse word and a regular word can be very subtle, as one of our foreign colleagues found out when trying to yell out hooray in Swedish or hurra, which ended up sounding more like hurra which means a lady of promiscuous inclinations. Overall though, Swedes are genuinely some of the nicest, kindest and most open people I, myself and many others have encountered on their travels. And I'll leave you with a short anecdote from a friend to illustrate just how true this holds. So, one day, a visitor from Chile asked a Stockholm metro worker what the open gate next to the turnstile was. The lady answered that it was for people who couldn't afford a ticket. The visitor inquired, well, what if someone who can afford a ticket just goes through the open gate? She gave him a look of genuine confusion and asked, well, why would someone do that? So this was our show for today. Thank you for listening to Survival Guides. And if you're planning a trip to Sweden, make sure to check the show notes for this episode for links to free of charge travel guides to places all over the country, from Stockholm all the way up north to Swedish Lapland. We'll also be super happy to hear from you about your experiences traveling or living in Sweden, especially if you have some more tips or tricks for those still planning to visit. You can reach us at info at arrivalguides.com. That's info at arrivalguides.com. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.